Morning prayer begins on page four. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall set forth thy praise. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 is on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Psalm 123 is on page 503, and Psalm 127 is on page 505. Unto thee I lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, even as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, even so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God, until he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are utterly despised. Our soul is filled with the scornful reproof of the wealthy, and with the despitefulness of the proud. Psalm 127 Except the Lord build the house, their labor is but lost that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is but lost labor that ye haste to rise up early, and so late take rest, and eat the bread of carefulness, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children, and the fruit of the womb, are an inheritance for the gift that cometh from the Lord. Like as the arrows in the hand of a giant, even so are the young children. Happy is the man that hath a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemy at the gate. Here beginneth the fourth chapter of the book of Exodus. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, Now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom, 
and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, like snow. And he said, Put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again, and drew it out of his bosom, and behold, it was restored like his other flesh. Then it will be, if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river and pour it on the dry land. The water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you shall say. But he said, O my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well, and look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him, and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand, with which you shall do the signs. So Moses went and returned to Jethro his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt, and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Now the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go, return to Egypt, for all the men of your life are dead. Then Moses took his wife and his sons, and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart, so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed I will kill your son, your firstborn. And it came to pass on the way, at the encampment, that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. Then she said, You are a husband of blood, because of the circumcision. And the Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him on the mountain of God, and kissed him. So Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him, and all the signs which he had commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel, so, and Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, 
and that he had looked on their affliction. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Here beginneth the twentieth verse of the fifteenth chapter of the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. But now Christ is risen from the dead, and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, and by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ's at his coming. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead, if the dead do not rise at all? Why then are the baptized for the dead? And why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? I affirm by the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If, in the manner of men, I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it to me? If the dead do not rise, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins 
through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. We beseech thee, Almighty God, mercifully to look upon thy people, that by thy great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore, both in body and soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this morning we have several um, interesting interpretive challenges before us. Beginning with our New Testament lesson, we have at the close of what we read this morning, this, this Paul is talking about this baptism of the dead. And it may be the case that in certain places in the early church that people who had died unbaptized, that the, the, the church was attempting to baptize them post-death. Or it could be the case that people were being baptized themselves in the in in the stead of those who had died unbaptized whatever the case what paul means uh, 
when he's talking about this baptism of dead is is difficult for us to come to a, a determination of what he's talking about. But his larger point is that our hope is in the resurrection. And this our anticipate anticipation of the, the kingdom of heaven is what colors our whole existence. And that Jesus himself does not wait till the end of time to be resurrected himself. He does that in the middle of history so that everything that came before is changed and altered in Christ on his death and resurrection. And it changes all, everything that comes after. So he becomes the sign and the, the, the ruler of the universe in his conquering of death on the cross, of conquering sin on the cross, he becomes rightful ruler of the universe. All things, all life. And there's a certain order to this where he is subservient to God the Father. Everything that God the Father does is through Christ, born out in the Spirit to us. And he becomes the ruler of, of new life. And yet there is still sin and evil among us. And so how is this the case? And the fact of the matter is that evil and death has no power of itself. It is the absence of a connection with God. So that evil only exists in the hearts of men. And so because evil comes into the world through men, it was through Jesus as a man taking on our nature, that he is able to conquer death on the cross. And so that means that his rule is over all the things of life, even now, in the world, and not the things of death, which are essentially non-existence, they're non-being. And so he is the rightful ruler of everything. And so our hope is to participate in this life, in the kingdom, and hope for the resurrection. Because if there is no resurrection, if there is no future hope of everything being made right and us participating in it, then all we have are the things of this world. And so we might as well, you know, eat and drink and enjoy just the simple pleasures, the, the corrupted pleasures of this life, because that's all there is. And then turning to our Old Testament lesson here, we have a, a couple more interesting things going on that that have been the subject of much debate. One is, scriptures talk about God hardening the heart of Pharaoh. And what does this mean? Does Pharaoh lack free will? Can he not do anything on his own? And I think... For me, at least, one of the clues comes earlier when, you know, Moses is, is trying to get out of the thing that he is tasked with doing and says he, you know, he's not very good at speaking. And God responds to him saying, is he not the, the creator of deaf people, of mute people, of blind people? And what this means is that, you know, God does not make 
people blind. He does not set out to create humans and then say, this one will be blind, this one will be deaf. But he is the, the ultimate source of existence himself. As we saw in, in yesterday's passage, he is existence. And so he is the foundation of everything that goes on. And so when he says, you know, that he is going to harden Pharaoh's heart, I think it's best to view it as he is going to allow Pharaoh to be who he is. He is going to allow Pharaoh to be, to enact his own cruelty, to enact everything that is in the in Pharaoh's heart. He is not going to, to alter the course of Pharaoh's existence. Instead, he is going to allow Pharaoh to be who he was always going to be, left to his own devices. Unlike Moses, who, you know, is being taxed by God to do these things and is desperately coming up, trying to come up with any excuse to get out of it. And this is instructive in our own lives in that there will be times when God will call us to do something and we will do everything within our power to get out of it. And God knows what we have to do, who we have to be. And there will be certain times when we'll, we'll be left with no choice but to be who we are always meant to be. And the, the final difficult passage here is that God calls on Moses to do these things. He leaves and goes back to his family. And then immediately it says that the Lord sought to kill him. And this is, you know, always troubled all readers of scripture of, you know, how do we interpret this? And I don't have the answer for you, but what I can say is that it, it's place within the narrative here indicates to us that this is yet another instance of God leaving Moses with no excuse. Moses has fled Egypt and left his people and it's evidence that he has not remained true to the covenant. He has not circumcised his son. He is, you know, probably engaged in the rituals and the religion of the people of Midian. And here he's being left with no choice. He has to leave this, this life behind and become who he is meant to be, the leader and the prophet to the people of Israel. He has to become fully who he was born to be, a Hebrew, and not a... He can no longer be that Egyptian prince. He can no longer be this, this wandering shepherd in the desert, this wanted man. He will have to become as his people are. He will have to be fully committed to his to the God of his forefathers, the one true God. And he can have no other things higher in his heart than that. And that means that he must bring his family into the fold of the Hebrews. So just some thoughts about today's lessons. Continuing with the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. 
More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed, in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom our prayers are made at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Good to pray with you this morning. Have a wonderful day. Look forward to seeing you this evening. Bye-bye. Thank you. 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 Thank